Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's going on, Rush Nation? It's Murph here. It's Wednesday. It's time for the first Look Ahead podcast for the week. Um, before I get into this week's slate, uh, I just want to really apologize for not getting out the Look Ahead part two with the late slate games on Sunday and Monday night football. Um, I started to record that and my voice, uh, as you could hear on last week's podcast, uh, was getting worse and it, it got so bad. I actually was able to not be able to talk. Um, and that kind of made it impossible to, to finish the recording and it was pretty inaudible, the parts I did record. So, uh, apologies for not getting that out. It was just, uh, I literally waited until the last moment to see if I could get it done and I couldn't. Um, however, having said that, and probably something I don't necessarily need to admit is that some of the uh, analysis I, I would have put in there, save with regards to the 49ers and their wide receiving core, would have been inaccurate and might have actually hurt you. So perhaps it was not the worst thing uh, to happen that it didn't uh, go out. Sometimes we are uh, wrong with our analysis. It's about building a process and that process is about uh, making sure we make more right decisions than the wrong decisions. And that's really behind the the numbers and behind everything that uh, I'm really trying to do with these particular look ahead uh, podcasts to ensure that um, you have the information to make the right decisions uh, more often than not. And 
you know, sometimes, and again, I always use the poker analogy because it's very similar in terms of mindset. You're never going to fold pocket aces pre-flop and you can still lose. That's just what happens. And, and with fantasy football, we're dealing with human beings. Uh, it's not just all about maths and algorithm. Um, I would have looked at the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers matchup as a, an excellent matchup to target with the wide receivers there. And I would not have expected George Kittle to be throwing the ball 20 times. That's why sometimes we, we are going to get things wrong. And, uh, you know, I, there's one list in particular, uh, shout out to, to Ryan, you know, who was asking me and agonizing over who do I play, AJ Brown or, or Michael Gallup. And the matchup was pretty close. Um, and I mentioned I would play Michael Gallup and I, and I would based on his target volume and, his sort of safety floor and then he didn't get thrown the ball uh, all that much and AJ Brown went off and it's a tough decision to swallow but AJ Brown as I keep saying on this podcast hadn't been targeted uh, a heck of a lot he didn't have more than five catches at any point in the season until last week so you have to follow the analysis and he broke off big plays and <laughs> you know that 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 is what happens I didn't like the matchup uh, as much prefer Gallup thought he could really exploit that and and didn't that is really the crux of what we do. And ultimately, it's you that picks uh, the team. Um, we had a listener just this morning, actually, send me uh, a, a message on, on Twitter. And it, it was a lovely message to uh, to go to wake up to. And it was, you know, his name's uh, uh, Rob Farris. So it's at Rob underscore Farris. He's in one of our listener leagues. And he has been playing in his league of record for uh, an, a number of years. So actually, it's been, you know, his, his league record actually finished uh, this week. Uh, so week 15, not week uh, 16. And he's saying it was his first championship in, in eight years. And he sent me this uh, really lovely message to say, you know, thanks for everything you do. And thanks for helping me win this championship. And I was very quick to say, look, it wasn't us. Um, I'm glad you felt this information is useful. And that's really what it is. But we're all on a roller coaster together. Um, that is fantasy football and we win together and we lose together and you know ultimately he made the decisions based on the information that we provided but we're just providing information it's no different than going into uh, anything and drawing your own opinions and conclusions based on research and fact and we will add opinion and context but ultimately we will still lead it with some fact and, and thought process behind it but you have to decide what to do with your teams because you you own the teams and you know that that championship is is all on him and every championship that any of you will win this week regardless of if you follow our advice or don't follow our advice or you absorb all our information or you absorb a very small proportion of it it's all down to you you have to make those decisions and luck plays an element of it as we've discussed and the human element plays a part but the research and facts are there to help you guide and navigate some of the murky waters and use it as tiebreakers or however you kind of want to use the information here. I'm not here to tell you how you should do it. And I'm also not picking your team for you. I will give strong recommendations based on what I think, but uh, I'm wrong just, you know, every now and again. And that, that's what this whole process is about. I just wanted to get off the, off, off, off my chest because, you know, I had something I felt really bad about Ryan's team. And I felt really bad that advice I personally gave him uh, did yielded a negative result when he got eliminated from his league. And the same way I felt pride that somebody used our advice to, to win their league. And I, I guess, you know, I felt worse about, I felt more bad about the one that cost somebody a championship than good about 
helping someone. And I think in just my head, it's this is my process to myself and catharsic and nature to say that actually it's just uh, us providing information. It's you guys that, that make those decisions. So good luck to everyone this week. This is going to be a crazy five or six days. Uh, I wish everyone the best of luck. If I can help in any way, I certainly will. Stocks can help in any way. Uh, he absolutely will. It's also a crazy time of year with Christmas and people finishing work and family bits and, and trying to get through and seeing people. So get to people like as, as quickly as we can and you know, just we'll, we'll do what we can, but we never really ever leave anybody hanging um, for an answer. So get us on all the usual channels uh, at 5 Rush on Twitter, uh, at 5 Rush on Instagram. Uh, they're good channels to get us on. Um, alternatively, interact with us in any other ways, Facebook page, uh, whatever it, it might be. So don't want to keep this to be too long. Um, similar vein to last week's Look Ahead Part 1, that I'm not going to need to go through as many players because you're in your championship week and therefore your studs are your studs and you're ready to key off and play. And if you're listening and you're playing in any other game, then I really appreciate you listening and, and taking it seriously. And the advice and the numbers I give will, will still be the same. I'm just not going to necessarily go into the Russell Gages of this world. To, you know, I'm not going to go into too many sort of into the weeds players. I'm going to try and keep this majoritively to top 36 players in their position because really they should be the ones that we're focusing on. And in deeper leagues, if you need a more contrarian play, then happy to assist and, and help with that. You can message me offline and we can do that. Um, so let's start with the Saturday night games. No Thursday night football this week. So it does give us a little bit more time to, to set our lineups, which is great. And we don't have to worry about Thursday night football, which can sometimes be cumbersome, especially to us here in the UK. And it kicks off at, at one twenty in the morning. So um, first game of the weekend is my Buccaneers versus the Texans. Now, a couple of things to point out before we get to the players is it's worth noting that the Buccaneers are the worst team against wide receivers in the NFL. Um, 22 touchdowns they've conceded and they're giving out 45.1 fantasy points per game to wide receivers but they are the third best run defense so eight touchdowns conceded 17.9 fantasy points per game so Buccaneers uh, the way to beat them is through the air not a good idea to start any uh, running back against them unless you're absolutely desperate so targeting the wide receivers in this matchup might be key Alternatively, with Texans, they're the second worst uh, defense to quarterbacks. They've given up 23 touch, or 33 touchdowns this season and 23 fantasy points per game. So that tends to line that Winston on this hot streak that he's on with back-to-back 450-yard games is someone that probably needs to be started this week. And so I'll, I'll go with that. The, the players for the Buccaneers I'd be looking to start this week are Jameis Winston as my quarterback one. <laughs> Ronald Jones, I, I wouldn't unless I'm absolutely desperate. He's at a very low end RB3, RB4 conversation uh, for me. He's someone I don't really want to be rolling out there on Fantasy Week unless uh, absolutely desperate. Now, we lost Chris Godwin. So people have been riding him all the way to their championship finals. Uh, are going to have to do without Chris Godwin for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate. And then he also is out there now and, and, and on the injury report with Mike Evans. And then also the Buccaneers lost Scotty Miller, who was their rookie uh, sixth round draft pick this year out of Bowling Green. So it really only leaves two wide receivers on this roster, which is Rashad Perriman and uh, Justin Watson. Now Perriman is had a, you know, he's coming off a five reception, hundred and uh, over 110 yards receiving and, and three touchdown game. But he had Chris Godwin out there for large chunks of that. 
so it, it it seems to be depending on how the Texans want to to cover him, maybe putting two uh, two on him and double covering him to take him out of the game. It, you know, Perryman for me is a wide receiver too. Uh, as much as it's great that he will get all this volume, the the concern is that he won't. You know, he could be taken out of games quite easily. So that's my slight. Uh, concerned. Watson, I've got as a wide receiver for. He, he really is sort of a gamble here. He could do very, very well. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if he finished anywhere in between the wide receiver two and wide receiver four realm or even lower. Um, and the reason why is because he's been behind rookies like uh, Scotty Miller and he's kind of been the fifth choice uh, wide receiver. And he's only really been in the discussion because the three wide receivers ahead of him out of four are injured. So it's a difficult one to kind of assess and implant your fag. I'd add him off the waiver wire um, and kind of just see how things go. But I'm, I'm not confident he's going to put up huge numbers, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. So I like to play it safe and, and not play too many unknown quantities in my championship lineup. So he probably won't make any of mine, but he's someone I'm adding and just stashing. Um, and if I get desperate and lose injuries, then why not throw him out there? Um, I do think one of the probably the biggest beneficiary uh, to these injuries is OJ Howard. He's had a terrible season by his high standards, um, and it, you know it's not been a great fantasy season if you've owned him. Other than playing Arizona, he's been pretty poor. But I do think that him and Cameron Brait will benefit. They'll have to part. They have to move the ball somehow. There is very little uh, resemblance of a running game in Tampa. So uh, those guys, I think, who know the playbook will, will go out and uh, do something. So. I like Howard this week. He's a very low-end uh, tight end one for me. On the Texan side of the ball, uh, Deshaun Watson naturally is QB1. Uh, he's uh, an immense talent. Carl Tide has been limited in practice. He's, uh, again, he's with Jones for me, uh, low-end, uh, running back three, running back four. I'm not starting him unless I absolutely have to. It's a terrible matchup for him. Hopkins, uh, of course, is a, a wide receiver one. And then Fuller for me is a, is a wide receiver two. He's also a limited in practice. And really, he's so key to the way that the Texans play. So Deshaun Watson, when he's playing with Will Fuller in 2019, is he's throwing for 8.8 yards per attempt. And without Fuller, he's throwing for only 6.4 yards per attempt. There's a huge difference um, in the way that they play the game um, and throw the ball downfield. So the Buccaneers will be hoping that Will Fuller doesn't play, but it looks like he's probably going to be uh, good to go, even though he is slightly limited in practice. So... Um, it'd be an interesting game and a fun game to, to keep the weekend off that, that that's for sure. Moving on to Patriots-Bills. This is a fascinating game with two very, very strong defenses. Um, start with Buffalo. Buffalo are, are number two against quarterbacks. Fantasy, they've given up just 15 touchdowns and uh, 13.2 fantasy points per game. The team that's better than them is the Patriots, who are only given up 12 touchdowns to quarterbacks and 11.4 fantasy points per game. And then... Buffalo also fifth against wide receivers, just seven touchdowns conceded in 29.7 fantasy points uh, per game. But if you look at the Patriots, they rank first in defense in fantasy against quarterbacks, which I've already mentioned. Running backs, the number one, just two touchdowns given up to running backs this season and 15.9 uh, points per game. And then the Patriots uh, are also number one against wide receivers, just four touchdowns to wide receivers and 25.4 points. Uh, per game. So in terms of this game, neither quarterback for me is viable considering these are the two best defenses against uh, quarterbacks and they're not ones that are absolutely stellar. Josh Allen has a slightly safer floor, but I still think this is a matchup I'd be staying away from both, uh, both QBs for uh, if possible. 
I'll start with the Patriots. James White, for me, in a half-point PPR or one-point PPR, is on that cusp of a running back two, running back three. If he's a PPR, he goes up in my ranking. If he's a half-point PPR, he goes down. In a standard, he's an RB3. Um, purely, he's going to rely on receptions to uh, remain relevant. Uh, Sonny Michel is a running back three. Again, I'm only rolling him out there if... Uh, I'm really desperate or just uh, I think he's you know around about 30 from my rankings around that sort of figure uh, off the top of my head. So I'm just, uh, he's not really producing really great numbers. Uh, he's probably good for 10 PPR points a game. It's kind of where I'm expecting him to be. Uh, Julian Edelman is a, a wide receiver too uh, in this game. That's all I can really consider from the Patriots and from the Bills sites, even worse. Devin Singletree is a low-end RB2. He's going to get good volume. He's going to run the ball. He's not going to get in the end zone because Josh Allen might take those carries to get it in. And then John Brown is a wide receiver three. He's gone off the boil the last few weeks. Um, it's a bit of a concern, as I sort of mentioned previously. But I still think if you're uh, – <laughs> like for me, if, if, if this is the sort of line I'm starting thinking, do I play Justin Watson or, or John Brown? I go with the guys that got me there in this instance, and I'd stick with John Brown. But you know, I'm not going to love slotting him into a lineup this week. But I understand if you absolutely need to. Moving on to the 49ers versus the Rams. And uh, another really impressive uh, defense this season is the, the 49ers. So the 49ers are, are ranked 7th against QBs, giving up just 22 touchdowns so far this season and 15.7 uh, fancy points per game to quarterbacks. They're second against running backs, just four touchdowns and 16.8 fancy points per game to all uh, running max seventh against wide receivers, 14 touchdowns, 30.2 points per game to wide receivers. They're also third against the tight ends, just the six touchdowns, 9.3 points per game. So it's going to be a tough ask for the Rams here to, to do much. The Rams are pretty much middle of a road defense. So I'd expect the 49ers to bounce back. They really are, are in a desperation mode and, and need to win, win out to win that number one seed. So, I think for me, Jimmy G for the 49ers is a top 15 QB, but he's outside the top 12 for me. So he's someone that if I've got him and there isn't anyone better, I'm comfortable rolling him out and fine to to do that. Um, This is clearly Raheem Mostert's backfield. Tevin Coleman's snaps have dropped below 20% for the second consecutive game, which means that Raheem Mostert, he's not getting all the work because Breed is also in there. He's a, a low end running back two, running back three, but I'm comfortable starting him. This week, I think it's not the worst matchup you, you could have. And then I've got Samuel and Sanders back-to-back for me in my rankings. They're around about 35, 36, I believe, or 34, 35. They're in that sort of realm at the very low end. Rye receiver threes, I, I was really disappointed with their performance and I'm worried you might get the same. But if I'm lacking better options, then you know I feel comfortable it's – uh, it, it, they'll put the ball through the air more and we'll target those guys more because clearly what they did last week didn't work. George Kittle for me is a tight end one. He's, back, he's the overall tight end one for me this week. You can't ignore a tight end getting 20 uh, targets and I don't see him getting 20 targets again this week. I do think that falls back in line uh, a little bit. As for the Rams, uh, I can't start Jared Goff. I just don't trust him, especially in this matchup. So I've got Gurley as a running back two. I've got Cup as a wide receiver two, whose week got salvaged with that garbage time touchdown. Woods as a wide receiver me uh, three. And then Higby for the third straight game got 100 yards uh, receiving. And so he is someone that I'm comfortable starting in that sort of mid 
tight end one. If you've picked him up, I don't think Gerald Everett is going to go this week, although we're waiting on final updates. But I'm comfortable rolling Higby up in this matchup despite a difficult matchup against tight ends, given that how much work he's getting. If you've got someone like Brandon Cooks, you can drop him now. Uh, Josh Reynolds, you can drop. Uh, you can drop uh, Henderson. You can drop Malcolm Brown. All those guys can can go off your roster now. Free it up and try and take a dart throw at some of these guys, like a Greg Ward, who we'll talk about next uh, in the next podcast, or Justin Watson, as I mentioned. Now comes to the worst fantasy game of the week: uh, Jets versus the Steelers. I'm going to spend as little time talking about this as possible. Uh, the reason why is that Jets are last in drive success rate and they're last on uh, points accumulated per drive. The Steelers then also then lead the league in sacks and they also lead the league in turnovers. Um, and then on top of that, Jameson Crowder went back last week to dominating targets in week 15. We had 11 targets to Anderson, six. And one guy not getting targets in this offense is Le Bell. Yeah, he had naught targets in week 15 just two in week 14 basically there just isn't that many players these are two very good defenses it's going to be a low scoring game that Hodges through for four interceptions not expected to be quite that bad this week but there's only two guys in this whole lineup I could even consider for fantasy uh that is Le'Veon Bell he is a low-end RB2 uh RB3 for me depending on the format and James Connor as an RB2 that's it I'm not interested in the wide receivers most of the quarterbacks. The tight end matchup this week, for those of you that are desperately interested, it's Nick Vanette versus Daniel Brown. And good luck to uh, either of you uh, who are going to need to be playing them. And I say either because if there's more than two people listening to this, they need to start those players. You're either in the deepest league uh, I've ever known or you just are massive fans of those players. I dot my cap. It's your team, as I said at the top of the show. But... I don't want any part of either of those players. Moving on to a slightly better game from an offensive perspective, a fantasy perspective, it's Titans versus Saints. Saints, uh, the eighth worst defense against wide receivers. Now, I was a bit surprised when I dug this out. Um, Sukdeepu, uh, uh, someone who's a Buccaneers fan, is someone I, I know through Buccaneers UK. Uh, we were talking through AJ Brown, and I, I don't have this hatred towards AJ Brown. Far from it, I, I really admire his talent. I think he's a good player, but. I'm just concerned at his volume in terms of the number of receptions he gets per game. I don't really like guys that are required to get uh, 20 yards of reception in order to be fantasy relevant. And he's done that the last few weeks, and I have to dot my cap. And I was thinking, I can't remember the Saints really giving up too many big plays, but they, they must do if they're the eighth worst defense against wide receivers. They're giving up 39.3 points per game and, and 16 touchdowns. But they are also very good against running backs. They're the sixth best in the league. They've only given up 10 touchdowns. 20 and a half points per game. So the Titans here for me are quite difficult to, to rank all of them. Actually, I found it quite a difficult exercise. I, I've put Tannehill as a QB one second half in particular. Uh, he always seems to deliver uh, last Sunday. There were some guys who were messaging me that were saying, Oh, well, I'm really worried. I need, uh, I need Tannehill to deliver. He didn't do much in the first half. I said, just you wait. He always delivers in the second half. The Titans tend to score 20 points or more in the second half of games. And Tannehill did deliver. Derek Henry was someone who had not a bad game, 86 rushing yards, I believe it was, but also not their best uh, particular week because he didn't get in the end zone. Um, I think he's fine. He's got a little bit of an injury, but it, I would expect him to roll out and start this week and, and to make headway and hopefully to have a big game 
don't forget the Titans, are, they are playing for something. They are playing to, they need to win to, to keep the division alive. So I like, uh, Hunt, uh, you know, I like uh, Derek Henry this week. AJ Brown, I put as a wide receiver too. And I've, I find him to be probably the hardest player to rank because he keeps defying my expectation in terms of average. So I think he's someone who is still boom or bust, but he seems to be a lot more boom than bust these days. And I have to take that into consideration. But would it shock me if he went into the wide receiver four conversation this week? Absolutely not. But I've gone for what is trending and therefore I've gone for him uh, to be a sort of a mid-range, maybe high-end wide receiver two this week. And and Johnny Smith is someone that you can also roll out and start. They're getting him involved in the offense more. I think he's someone that you can you can definitely start at tight end this week, although I do have him outside of my top 12 tight ends. The Saints is pretty linear. It's Breeze, it's Kamara, it's Thomas, it's Cook. I'm not starting anyone else. Don't want Latavius Murray this week unless I'm absolutely desperate and on the floor then, or I'm in a deep league, then I will. Uh, Thomas is the overall number one wide receiver for me this week. Uh, the man is ever so close to breaking the receptions record in a season for Marvin Harrison. I think he needs 12, so he should get potentially quite close to that, if not break it this week. Um, but Drew Brees is someone you can start. He's a mid-range uh, quarterback one. Kamara, although he hasn't really been turning on, he is getting some volume and can't be ignored. He's definitely a safer play in your half PPR, PPR formats. But in standard, you can still roll him out and would still expect him to get 10 or so points. And Jared Cook has been on uh, a great bit of form despite the injury. He's someone I feel very comfortable starting as a tight end this week. Colts at Panthers. Colts have beat or... Colts at home to the Panthers. Colts have been pretty off the boil the last few weeks. Um, they put up a real stinker Monday night football. The Colts are actually the fifth worst team to tight ends. Although they've only given up seven touchdowns, they are giving up 14 and a half fantasy points per game. But they are also very good against running backs with just the six TDs conceded 20.7 points per game. So this could be a slightly difficult matchup for CMC, I still expect to get 150 scrimmage yards. Don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal athlete and talent, but he's someone that I could temper expectations on just like this week because of that Colts defense. So just be a little wary of that, but of course you're starting him. He's my number one running back overall this week. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Panthers are terrible against running backs. So the, they were the worst. They're now the second worst against running backs. They've given up a league-high 26 touchdowns this season and 30 points a game. They're also the sixth worst against wide receivers with 13 touchdowns already conceded to them and nearly 40 points a game, 39.8. Uh, but they are good against tight ends, so just the three touchdowns conceded and nine points per game. So I don't want any part of Will Greer this week unless I'm absolutely desperate in a 2QB league. But I do... Really like CMC this week. I like DJ Moore. He's a uh, low-end wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two for me. And then if Ian Thomas is fit, he's a tight end two for me. As for the Colts, you've got Marlon Mack, who I'd expect if he's 100% healthy to put up potentially wide uh, running back one numbers, but he might put high-end running back two numbers. He's kind of on that fringe for me. T.Y. Hilton, again, it's all dependent on fitness. He's a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for me. Zach Pascal is a wide receiver three, wide receiver four for me, especially if Hilton's back, he'll take the volume. Jack Doyle's a tight end too, just because of how good they are. The Panthers against tight ends, but also the fact that he didn't have, he's coming off the back of two games where he's not been overly uh, impressive. Now moving on to Dolphins at Bengals. I think this will be quite a fun game. So it's worth pointing out that Miami are 27th in drive success rate and the 29th in points per drive. 
yet they really have seen an uptick in form in recent weeks, although they did get handily beaten by the Giants. This defense is historically bad. Fifth worst against quarterbacks, with 36 touchdowns given up to quarterbacks, which is a league high, 21.5 fancy points per game. Seventh worst against running backs, 16 touchdowns, conceded 28 fancy points per game. And fourth worst against wide receivers, 25 touchdowns, which is also a league high, and 40.2 points per game. These are terrible numbers to uh, expect them to stop anything. Uh, However, what you do have is the Bengals are also very bad against running backs, 14 touchdowns, 28.7 fantasy points per game. Um, But they are half decent stopping wide receivers. They're the sixth best in the league, 11 touchdowns, 30.2 fantasy points per game. So if I'm looking at this just purely on those numbers, I'd expect based on how weak Miami are, uh, the Bengals leading to some of their strengths, I would predict that the Bengals might get their second win of the season here. But it's all down to how they get on uh, on the field. There is some fantasy players that are relevant in this game. Fitz for me is a streamable option once again this week. He's a top 16 quarterback this week. I think you, if you're in need of a streamer, I think he's fine to roll out there. Patrick Laird, especially in a half point or four point PPR, I think he's someone you can roll out there. He's a, a running back three for me. Uh, Devontae Parker, I think he could potentially have a very big week. Uh, I've got him in the wide receiver one conversation at the moment. And then Mike Kaziki is a tight end too, but I think he's someone you can still roll out there this week uh, if you're needing to put someone up there. As for the Bengals, uh, the only two players I'm interested in on the Bengals uh, this week, although Andy Dalton, if I'm absolutely desperate, is not the worst streaming play, but he's not someone I've, I've put into this list, is uh, Joe Mixon, who I think is a running back one this week all day long, and then uh, Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three. And we were greeted to the news this week that AJ Green is not going to be returning this season. That is probably the least shocking thing I've heard all season long. I'm not surprised he's not... He's not coming back. I don't know why he wasn't put on IR sooner. So, but that's the way these things go. <laughs> um, sometimes GMs and organizations shock me more than they should. Moving on to Browns versus Ravens. In terms of the Ravens, they, uh, they're just great on both sides of the ball. Extremely well balanced. Third best defense against quarterbacks, just the 14 TDs, but they have also 12 interceptions in that time with 13.7 fantasy points per game to, to quarter max and fourth best against running backs, 11 touchdowns conceded 20.2 fantasy points per game. This is a really strong indication that the Ravens are going to dominate this game. The Ravens, by the way, on offense are incredible. They're first in drive success rate points per drive and yards per drive. So they just keep getting it done. Uh, really innovative office. That's uh, offense is proving hard to stop for the Ravens. It's the same, it's the same players every week. It's Jackson, who's the overall number one uh, quarterback in my rankings this week. Shock, horror, I know. Ingram is a running back one for me. I, I fancy him to, to get into the end zone this week. I like the player, Marquise Brown, this week. I, I've got him as the low end wide receiver three. I, I do fancy him to potentially get into the end zone as well. So I, I like him as a, a target this week. And then uh, Mark Andrews, who's been sensational at tight end. He's in the top half of my tight end rankings. As for the Browns, you've got Nick Chubb, who's a running back one, but I do think he could get slowed down by this run defense. It's fourth best against uh, running backs from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a running back three. Um, he might be the change of back, pace back, and especially if the Browns go down early, they might be slinging the ball to him in the backfield. He could get more and more involved. He has standalone value, um, but I don't think he's the league winner that we could be expecting this week. 
And then I've got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. kind of back-to-back in my rankings as wide receiver threes. Um, I've got them in the 30s. So I fancy them to be very, very similar in numbers. There's clearly something that they're not happy with. There's something not right with that team at the moment. Um, I expect them to have some production, but I don't expect them to necessarily go off and have huge weeks. The ultimate game I'm going to talk about on this uh, podcast is Falcons at the or Jaguars at Falcons. The Jaguars have just been dismal, uh, arguably the worst offense in the last few weeks in the NFL. Uh, the Jags are across the season a 28th in drive success rate, 27th in points per drive. They're the worst defense now against uh, running backs with 19 touchdowns conceded, 30 and a half points per game. But they are somewhat okay against tight ends, the seventh best, uh, just the five touchdowns conceded and 10.2 points per game to tight ends. So there is slight tempering of Austin Hooper this week, but he's someone that uh, I still think you can easily start. Spoiler alert. The one thing that did shock me was the Falcons. They're actually fifth in drive success rate. Um, and they're very high ranked in yards per drive as well. So they are moving the ball on offense and they are having successful drives. They're just being, and the defense has been terrible. As we saw last week, they did very well to shut down the 49ers and they've had games like that in the second half of the season. You just can't quite work them out as a team. They just, they're missing some players. But I just, I can't seem to get my finger on why the, their record is what it is. Now, you have five wins, but they've beaten the Saints and they've beaten the 49ers. I don't, I don't understand. It, it, everything I look at from this team doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Matt Ryan's had a good season, who tapered off slightly, but he's not had a great season by his standards. Julio Jones had a phenomenal week. He matched Kittle in receptions and yards and, and touchdowns. He got the game winner last week. They've not moved the ball on the ground. That points to some of their... Uh, struggles but there haven't seemed to be too many offensive struggles so when i'm looking at ranking these players i I find the falcons incredibly tough to rank um i do have ryan as a low-end qb1 this week especially against this offense i think it's a great matchup uh, to exploit i think devonta freeman could exploit this matchup i still got him as a um a running back too and if you have him in a ppr format you should definitely be playing him because he's a pretty safe play in ppr he gets catches and he has a very very safe floor it's about 10 to 12 points a game so he's someone that you can rely on to get you an average score he's not got a high ceiling but a very safe floor and in championship week that 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 might be good enough so i'm happy to roll out freeman this week Hudo Jones, an obvious candidate as a wide receiver one. Uh, Austin Hooper, as I mentioned, you know, the Jags are half decent at stopping tight ends, just the five touchdowns to tight ends. So he's at the bottom end of my tight end one conversation. I found him and uh, Jacob Hollister to be very difficult to kind of rank. And, and I, I've, I've got Hooper above Hollister, even though Hollister has a better matchup, just because of how bad Hollister has been the last few weeks. But that, for me, they're very, very similar. Hard to kind of differentiate. That kind of gives you an idea where I am with, with Austin Hooper. The Jags, there's only three players I'm even remotely interested in. It's uh, Fournette, who should be a running back one, but we know he, he doesn't get touchdowns. So that's a, a big concern, and it's going to limit his ceiling. Westbrook is, uh, and Conley, I've got very similar in my rankings. They're both wide receiver three, very low end, even into the wide receiver four uh, ranges. They're both players... It all depends on Chark. It looks like Chark's not going to go, which is why Conley Conley might be the better play. Um, I'm not wanting to really rely on these guys this week, but if I have to, then you know those two I would start. I'm not worried about anyone else on the the Jags offense. And then the um, the barn burner that is 
uh, Giants at the Redskins. I mean, this is going to be pretty abysmal to watch. Uh, both these teams are... Well, I mean, the Giants won last week against Miami. The Redskins have scuffled together a couple of wins. They actually played pretty well against uh, Philadelphia. That seems to be the one team they always seem to turn up against. Um, Giants are pretty bad against wide receivers. Uh, fifth worst in the, in the league from a fantasy perspective. 20 touchdowns and just short of 40 points per game. 39.9 points per game. Uh, skins are eight worst against running backs, which is good news for Saquon Barkley owners if you're still alive. And you would have done well to stay alive with Saquon Barkley. Um, 12 touchdowns conceded. They're the 8th worst against running backs and 28 points per game. 7th worst against tight ends, but the Giants don't have any tight ends, so don't really need to worry about that uh, all too much. The Skins are also 31st in drive success rate and, 40, and 30th in points per drive. So there's only two players on the Redskins I'm even contemplating to start this week, despite playing the Giants, uh, and that's Peterson. So Adrian Peterson's a running back 3 for me. I think he brings a relatively safe floor, but a very unexciting ceiling and then Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver too this week I'm happy to fire him up given the matchup the Giants it's pretty straightforward for me it's Saquon Barkley he's running back one bounce back a huge way last week uh feel comfortable lining him up in my championship week in a couple of leagues I do have him in um and then I've got Sterling Shepard and, and Slayton back to back there wide receiver threes for me um Titans just put uh, Evan Ingram on IR so he's not someone I am interested in uh, obviously, the Rhett Ellison, I think, as well, is on uh, injury. Well, it's not on injury reserve. He's injured. I think he's uh, doubtful or questionable. I just wrote the injury report article that's gone live. I should know this. I think he's questionable, but he didn't play last week. Um, so I'm just not really concerned about what they do at tight end. I'm also not playing uh, Golden Tate. Cracking touchdown last week, but it was his only reception. Uh, he's not getting the volume since Shepard has come back. Therefore, you can just ignore and even drop uh, Golden Tate. That's it for those slates of games. That takes you through the three Saturday games as well as also the six o'clock games. I will be back on Friday with the Look Ahead podcast part two. I will go through the remaining six games on the schedule, uh, including Sunday night and Monday night football, uh, just to help you get ready for championship week. Again, I'm here to help. Stocks is here to help. The rest of the Fire Rush team are here to help. The next week, or in terms of the Look Ahead podcast, the next part of this is the last Look Ahead podcast I'm going to do. I'm not going to do one for week 17. It's just too unpredictable. And I think most playoff spots would have been clinched. It's just down to what the seedings are going to. I think a lot of players are going to get rested. There's a lot of players carrying some niggles and some injuries. Um, it's going to be too difficult to predict what it's going to be. So it's not worth doing as an exercise. Um, and I don't think many of our listeners even have a week 17 games. Um, we will be doing a waiver wire article. I will try and do a waiver wire podcast as well. Um, we will be recording the flagship and we will be putting that out shortly as well. And yeah, we've got a very exciting Christmas episode with a giveaway to do. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, to every single uh, person who has listened to just even one of our podcasts this season, I can't believe we're at the end of the fantasy season. It seems like yesterday we were just preparing. It's been an incredible journey. Uh, thank you so much for being on it with us from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Stocks' heart. Um, everything we do, we just do to help people win leagues and to make friends and chat and the community has been incredible we've met some incredible people 
uh, this year and we chat to them and we just want to say thank you to every single one of you. We are not a massive, some people listen to this, think we're a massive production stocks and I have day jobs. Uh, we don't get paid to do this. We don't get uh, any real income from the podcast. We do this as passion and love. Um, we work hard to make friends and meet people. So if you have really appreciated it, we have a Patreon page. Appreciate it. It's kind of the wrong time of year to sign up, but it would be great if you could just to give us all the most, a dock of the cap or just as a, a acknowledgement of us helping you uh, through the season. But if not, even just sending us a message, those things are really good. Write us a five-star review. We've got an amazing one from Canada, which I'll read out on the uh, flagship show. Uh, you know, we really appreciate all the feedback and just absolutely everything. But those reviews are absolute gold because it means that we can get out to more people. And it's amazing to see that we rank in Canada. So everyone listening in Canada, thank you so much. And we rank in the United States, we rank in the UK, and we've got listeners in Norway and Germany and Austria and uh, Singapore and all over the world. So anybody listening to this absolutely anywhere, just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, this means everything to us and we really appreciate it. Uh, I realize I'm now just being soppy and rambling, but I can't help it. It's Christmas and I'm not a Christmassy guy, but you have to appreciate what, what you have and how lucky we are to do things. So until our rest of the week podcasts, good luck. Week 16, tune into the part two on Friday. And until then, Rush Nation, keep We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.